Now it's recording. <laughs> I just said shit, but okay. <laughs> We're going to have to put the explicit tag on there now. All right. We added our... It's, it'll be our first one, I think, because I don't think in the other two we, we've cursed. I, I did check mark the thing for the entire podcast that we've got. You should, anyways. I feel I like it's going to come up at some point. Knowing myself. You might as well, yeah. Uh, we get passionate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Uh, so, yeah, guys, this is uh, Andrew and Alex. Uh, again, this is our, what, third episode? Yes. Yes. So today we are going to talk about uh, A-B testing and uh, lean plump specifically. Yes. And uh, dependency management and coca pods and alternatives to that. Sounds good. Uh, so, right. So A-B testing. Let's start with what it is, right? A-B testing is a way for not only iOS applications, but just software in software in general, and especially like UI uh, or user interface facing software right. to, to split test, uh, I guess, code and design and things like that. Right. And, and figure out which uh, version works better. Right. So essentially, you know, a simplest example of that would be when people come to our app and on the sign-up screen, a blue button, the, the, what converts better, a blue button or a green button? Mm. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. So that is done through A-B testing. A-B testing is actually, I think, origins of that uh, marketing. Yeah. It's a marketing tool right. where people would, back in the day, maybe send a direct mail or something with like one brochure or something like that, like one version of it and then another one to another group of people and they see which one of those. Oh, like physical mail? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was the, that doesn't surprise me actually. Right, yeah. Yeah. And uh, see which one, like which group of people purchases more. Right. But these days with software, right, it's, uh, it's more than that. So app behavior, you can vary app behavior or you can vary features or again, UI, right, and colors right. of things. Right. Yeah, I guess you're just varying. It's mostly, yeah, I guess it's mostly user-facing stuff. You're just, because at the end of the day, when you have an application, it's like your users, you want to know how it's affecting them. So, like, yeah, it's like a, the color of a button, how many people are going to convert to buy something, or like, I don't know. Or, you know, how, like the uh, copy is another one. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a big one. Those are very common ones. Um, so you'll have two, like, two code paths, and then depending on which variable is on, it'll take that code path and display something different. And you can bucket users into like, one will see the blue button, one will see the green, and then you could just look at the results and say, okay, this one's better, more people converted. Right. And uh, essentially, so we, we had that, we, our, our team was, they, they've been testing, uh, A-B testing for a while, right? Even before yeah. both of us joined. Very early. Right. Yeah. Which is a great a great thing, especially on scale, right? The, the one gotcha there is that you don't want to A-B test if you have, have just 100 people using your app. Too small of a sample size. Exactly. No yeah. significant results. You're not going to get it. But if you have more than that, then it makes sense. So the tool we used uh, for that uh, was Linplon. Right. It's uh, one of those, one of the ser services that... It's probably the most popular one. As far as I know, yeah. As far as, yeah, because I, I literally don't know any other A-B testing ser yeah. services. I haven't researched either. Yeah, I just know Lean Plum. 
I'm sure there's other popular ones. Yeah. But I think Lean Plum's pretty dominant. That's what we use. And essentially, the way it works, um, there are tests and campaigns uh, you can run in within the tool, within the uh, Lean Plum's dashboard, right? Their online dashboard. Right. And, and uh, like our product managers set things up there. But for us developers, the main thing uh, the main way to use it is to integrate LeanPalm SDK and upon application launch we would get in an async callback mm -hmm. block or something like yeah. that. We would get a roughly speaking a bunch of uh, variables right. for those A-B tests and basically that what LeanPalm service, the, those variables is what LeanPalm service sets upon launch for that user, right? Like let's say they're in a the bucket of it of the green button. Uh, so the variable is, or button color, or is green button. Right. It's going to be set to yes or to true. Right. And then in code, we, we would use those variables to, well, vary the behavior or the UI, right? Right. We would check if, uh, you know, yeah, if, if certain value is set or is true or false, and we'll show the respective thing uh, to the user. And um, and essentially, like in the nutshell, this is overall. This is what it is. It's right? that simple. You have a variable, and you ask this A/B testing service, which is Lean Plum in our case. Hey, we have these variables. What are their values? And Lean Plum will, in on their end, figure out. Okay, this user belongs to the green button bucket. Let me give them the variable that says you know, our so our variable in code might say is green button. And then they'll say either true or false. And since this person's in the green button bucket, it'll be true. And then once they go to whatever screen that is going to display that green button, it, it'll go in our code. We'll have like, oh, like it'll, it'll have like an if statement. Like if, you know, is green button, set up the green button. And that's it. It's pretty, pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Right. Of course, obviously, you know, as the time goes... Uh, you know, the complexity of those tests kind of, I guess, grows, right? Definitely. And uh, simple if-else-in doesn't cut it quite often. So yeah. you end up doing polymorphism or something similar, similar right. code solutions, which we've done. Like in one scenario, we had a sign-in view controller, but based on the A-B test, the different sign-in view will be displayed. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but oh, yes, yeah. they comply to the same protocol, so for, for, for the user of that view, it's not doesn't matter, right? Right. Uh, which in this case, it's a view controller, I guess. But essentially, in, in a nutshell, this is what it is, right? A-B testing in general on iOS or different platforms. But there are a few gotchas with this implementation. So the one, the main, the most important one, and the one we kind of currently struggle with a little is uh, code hygiene, you know, related to that, uh, to, to A-B testing. Uh, basically, the previous team, they, um, when they implemented A-B tests and closed them, right, the A-B test was done and conclusively they figured out that, let's say, a variation. The product team decides that the green button is, in fact, the better button. Right, for example, right? They would live... The, leave the if-elsing in the code and just just basically set that value of that variable in Lean Plum to 
true all for the time. For hundred percent of the users, instead of like saying, "Hey, pick a bucket," just like say, "Hey, right. just lean plum," just always set it to true. Which is great, right? That effectively gives you what you want. All the users get the green button now. But from the code perspective, well, this is we have a branch of code that is not used anymore, and we have an ifelse that increases complexity. Yeah, and it's completely pointless and useless. Yeah, now I'm having to read the code and I'm like having to ju- digest the fact that there's this if else here and I'm like, oh, like, oh, oh I better like double check, like make sure that it's a bl- not a blue button because it like might be, but in fact I'm having that overhead and it's completely pointless. So ideally, you could just remove that code. Right. And uh, over time, we, the list of variables grew into what, I don't know, like a 200 lines of code of again the different uh, header file only uh yeah it was it was a lot a lot and essentially that became unmanageable in many ways and uh we took two approaches we either you know the the, what's that the boy scout approach right every time you touch a piece of code you make it better something like that yeah uh so at least that right every time we would stumble upon a, a a variable from Linplum that we no longer use, we would just remove it. Or we had explicitly like tickets in our tracker, like uh, pro- uh, project tracker to clear those variables out right. from the code. That, uh, that helped a lot. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, just improves clarity of the code, maintainability of it and readability. I agree. I loved removing them. Um, so essentially, yeah, guys, that's kind of the one of the biggest gotchas when you uh, implement approach implementing A/B testing is that well, keep in mind to you know clear clear after yourself, right? When 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 you, you as a team when you're done with the test, it's like doing the dishes. Actually, if you like, seriously, if you do the if you like cook every day of the right. week and then on Sunday you decide to do your dishes. It would have been way easier if you just wash them every night or every other night after you're done. But now that you're doing it at the end of the week, you, like stuff's caked on there and it's just like all nasty and there's a million things. And now you're just like, oh, I don't want to do this. I'm tired. It's way too much work. It's the same thing with the variables. Like it's so much harder if you wait because basically now you're going to look at a variable that was put in there like two years ago. And you're going to be like having to ask around trying to find the person like who like you know, implement, instru- originally came up with that variable, like, oh, what was the results of that? Or like, oh, are you sure we don't need it or, or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was overhead for us and the product team. So it's like you're getting doubly whacked versus if you just do it right away and let's say the test only lasts a month, at the end of the month, the product team should say, hey, this one won, make a ticket for the developers to clear it out. To clear it out. And then we can clear it. And it's easier for us because we probably wrote that code relatively recently and we have that context. It's only a month ago, not two years ago, and easier for both. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good analogy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and one more thing regarding, I guess, another bigger gotcha regarding the implementation uh, for uh, A/B testing is that uh, you, when you launch the app, right, you you need to actually first get the data uh, for your variables values for your A-B tested variables. Right. And that is coming from a third-party service, right? Unless you kind of roll your own thing. But anyway, it's coming from the back end of some kind. Right. Which means a asynchronous operation, which means a delay. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, your code needs to 
keep that in mind, right? Mm -hmm. Different approaches to that. You could either just wait for that and not like display anything until that's done so that you then make decisions on what to display. Or if it's not that crucial, which it shouldn't be actually, you, you, you serve your users, your, you know, your app, but you know, if you can't get the data because there is no network, well, fall back. Right, onto your you have some default value in code locally on the client, right? Yeah. In the code, but yeah, uh, that's essentially you know how, how would you how you should you should approach it. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, keep that in mind. So the next thing for us to talk about today is uh, dependency management uh, and cocoapods. Yes. So I guess definitions, right? That's we should start yeah. with that. Um, Dependency management is a, uh, that's a, not a book definition or anything. It's we, just yeah, the we, way I understand yeah, it. Yeah, we were trying to look for the book definition. We Googled dependency management and like there was not like, it was not like a one single, there was just like several Stack Overflow posts. So it wasn't clear. And they were like super, like once you did read the Stack Overflow post, Stack Overflow post, it was very textbooky. Yeah. Which is, I guess, uh, the, Correct or proper definition, yeah, it's very technical. but it's uh, you know, <laughs> try to make a, it's hard to make a sense of it, right? Yeah. Uh, essentially, for uh, like dependency management is uh, a way to every iOS application has a list of libraries, big or small, that it uses uh, to well implement their business logic, right? Right. And that list of libraries, I mean, those libraries themselves have versions. So dependency management is a way to make sure that every developer on the team uh, uses the same version of each library, right? right. That they're not, there is no discrepancy between version, versions and the APIs you use. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can either do that manually by, like, Previously, developers used to do it with, with just drag and drop in files, right, right. from from a library's GitHub repos into your project. Mm -hmm. It's one way. Another way is to do Git clone or like sub modules. I guess that's another way. Git sub modules. I don't know. I I've heard of it. Right. I mean, I've. I don't think I've done it either, actually. But I've seen the pain with that. They're like it's all f fine and good, right? But but until the time when you need to update it and like move to the next version of the library, then then it become, becomes a nightmare. It's, you know, uh, either your code is out of sync, or like people didn't clone the pro uh, the right submodules or a different tag of the sub. It's it becomes a nightmare. So this is why a lot of other communities like Ruby they they became uh, they came up with their uh, bundler that's mm -hmm. a dependency manager for Ruby gems. Right. And I believe the same people or at least people coming from the same community they wrote a CocoaPods. That right. I believe that was the first automated dependency manager for iOS platform. Probably the most popular. And the most popular. I've done nothing but use CocoaPods. As soon as I started doing iOS programming, I was introduced to it, so I don't know any different. There are alternatives these days. Uh, the one I know of is Carthage. I've heard of Carthage. I've just never used it. It's, it takes a bit, uh, a bit uh, different approach, but uh, same idea, right? Same goal. 
where you know your team is on the same page and uses the same uh, library versions and APIs of those libraries. I, yeah, yeah. I've never ex just to go back on like uh, like for me personally, I I want a justification for why I should use a dependency manager like CocoaPods. Like I basically was just told right away, just use it. It makes your life easier. And I've never lived without it, so I don't think I know the under true. I like. I can be told, explain the pain of not using it, but I don't think I've ever felt it. But to me, the explanation I was given is just like, imagine being on a team and someone is using a different version. Let's, so we were talking about the Lean Plum library. Someone's using a different version of the Lean Plum library. They may have a method call that was just added, and then they are using it, calling it in, the, or in our code base. And then now, like, if you try to merge, like, someone with an older version of Lean Plum, it's not going to be able to call that. Um, so there's just like basically problems. Yeah, this, this discrepancies. Just right. Like these discrepancies, yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And then you're going to just like have to manually go in there versus with CocoaPods, you just run commands in the command line. You just right. call like pod update yep. and it automatically will update it for you. It's very nice. Exactly. And then you just like commit those changes you have a pod file that specifies the version of the library. And then everyone, since we're all synced up from the same remote repository, we all have that same pod file. And we could just call, is it pod install? Yeah. And it will install basically the same versions of all the different libraries you have that other people are using. So now you're all on the same page and it's all automated. No one's like dragging and dropping files. So... Yeah, that that's exactly the benefit, right? Uh, the version since they're locked down, and that's kind of one of the uh, tips here, right? To if you use CocoaPods or similar uh, dependency manager, make sure to uh, specify as make your dependencies as concrete as possible, right? The versions down to maybe the the lowest uh, bit of the version number, right? So that, again, right, there is no, everyone's on the same page. There's no discrepancies at all. Because, uh, yeah, imagine a new team, uh, team member joins, joins your project, right? They need to, uh, you need to set them up, get them up to speed with everything on their development machine. And if you have something like CocoaPods, it's, well, quite often as, as simple as just typing pod install command, right? After cloning the project. Uh, and uh, the other benefit is that, you know, updating libraries becomes a, well, I don't want to say, I want to say joy, but to a degree, right? At least, like, getting the code is easy. Right. There is no, uh, well, actually, another issue that I remember now you have when you drag and drop files, sometimes, like, importing the library into your project is hard. Mm. Whatever Xcode project setup, setups that I honestly don't want to figure out. Right. All that stuff is taken care of by CocoaPods, right? It's included. Um, yeah. So that that what dependency management is and uh, what CocoaPod does. CocoaPods does. Uh, yeah, it's a tool. One of the best tools. You know, I guess community kind of picked that as a standard de facto these days. So guys, if you, if you don't, if you never used it before and you kind of want to have a, a uh, 
guide guidance setting it up. I actually have a video where I talk through a like a new brand new CocoaPods setup for an iOS project. Mm -hmm. So we'll put it in show notes, link to that, so you guys can check it out. One little thing that confused me at first was setting up, and I think this happens with a lot of newbies, setting up CocoaPods. You have to create a workspace. So you're, you're, you usually create a project, and that's where like you like do your coding and you like run stuff on the simulator. And then, but when you set up CocoaPods, you have to create a workspace, and then your project is in there in the workspace along with like another project that contains all the libraries. Um, so yeah, don't open the project, your project continually keep opening your project and try to run it because it will not run. You then have to, now that you have CocoaPods set up, you have to open the workspace. Exactly. That happened to me a lot when I first started using CocoaPods. I would get confused. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what CocoaPods does. It just creates your workspace for you and you have everything there. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, so I guess, you know, this is this is it. I think uh, that's enough for today. I think so too. And uh, next time, guys, we'll have with uh, we'll we'll be here with another, I guess, tricks of the trade. More tricks of the trade. More more talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, the things we use so to, to build our app. So what what are the key takeaways? Uh, key takeaways. Um, use Cocoa Pods. Or some dependency manager, but probably CocoaPods if you're right. not. If you haven't used one yet, probably CocoaPods because it's very popular and you're going to find a lot of guides. Yeah, definitely. And, and, yeah, and then the other takeaway for um, A-B testing is clean up your variables. Don't leave them hanging around in code. It costs more. Exactly. Do, your, do your dishes more often. Don't wait till the end yeah. of the week. <laughs> exactly. It's more costly. Yep. Um, yeah. So cool. takeaways. All right. All right, guys. I'll see you next time. Take care. Bye.